you know, and I've, I've been in sessions where, the, where the, the demon will call out and say, hey, nobody in this room is fasting. You guys aren't fasting. I'm not going anywhere. Or there's lust. Somebody in this room is dealing with lust. I'm not going to say who it is. Um, so you learn, you learn to, uh, to, 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 to really grind out the spiritual life, fasting, weekly confession. Um, very, very critical because the, that, that, those, those stories do happen on occasion. Hey there, my friends. I had a fascinating interview with one of the guys who helps out at exorcisms. You know, they get people when they're having an exorcism to hold down the victim of possession so that the priest can pray the exorcism prayers and stuff like that. But what a fascinating experience that would be to be in the room when all sorts of weird stuff happens. People we know levitate, things fly across the room, it gets really cold, all sorts of weird stuff. Talking to this person who participates in this way was truly fascinating. He's a Gulf War veteran. He's a former boxer in 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 the uh, in the army. He flew helicopters. Fascinating guy and really tough guy. His name is Dr. Dan Schneider. He's an adjunct professor at of theology at the Franciscan University of Steubenville. Um, you know. His book is called The Liber Christo Method, a field manual for spiritual combat. And uh, it makes a lot of sense. You're going to really enjoy this interview. One of the things that I like the most, actually, is it answers the question about why do we need to pray specifically for this, for things? God knows everything. He knows exactly what we need. Why do we have to ask for, for specifically for little things? Why? Well, that's going to be answered right now on The John Henry Weston Show. Stay tuned. Take a look at this. This is Cardinal Burke talking in 2017 about demonic forces entering the church at that time in 2017. Hard to believe that so long ago. This was given at Rome Life Forum, a conference that LifeSite has been running since 2014, actually. Do you know that we're running another one this year, October 31st and November 1st? That is right at the end of this horrific Synod on Synodality October 31st, November 1st, 2023. Come join us in Rome. Go to romelifeforum.com for more information. Watch Cardinal Burke give this snippet on demonic forces entering into the Vatican from his talk at Rome Life Forum in 2017. It seems clear from the most respected studies of the apparitions of Our Lady of Fatima that it has to do with the diabolical forces unleashed upon the world in our time and entering into the very life of the church. For the recovery of peace will be a gift from heaven, but it is not properly speaking the triumph of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Her victory is of another order, supernatural, and then temporal by addition. It will first be the victory of the faith, which will put an end to the time of apostasy and the great shortcomings of the church's pastors. Professor Dan Schneider, welcome to the program. Thank you, John Henry. I sure appreciate you having me on. Let's begin as you always do, with the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. So, very interesting, a, a, a book. Now, you're a layman, is that not correct? Yes. So you've written a book as a layman on exorcism and a, the whole spiritual combat. Uh, first of all, the book, as we said in the intro, is called The Liber Christo Method, 
a field manual for spiritual combat. Maybe you can start there. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself and what that is all about. What does it even mean to have, what is a Liber Christo method? Yeah, Liber Christo is kind of a, a crassus of Latin that, that's a kind of a catch-all, the way the, the way it was set up. It means the free man in Christ, um, you know, finding your freedom in, through, by, with Jesus Christ. So it has to do with how we, how we, how we find liberation um, through Christ. So it, it, it gears us towards Jesus Christ. And I think that's one of the points of the, of the whole system is, to, is focusing on Christ and not on what the devil is doing, but let's focus on what Christ is doing with the soul. Uh, my own background, I, I'm, um, I'm originally from Ohio. I grew up um, Catholic schools my whole life. I went into the military, went to my undergraduate University of Notre Dame to the, the U.S. military, paid for that, the U.S. Army. I went into, I was a, a helicopter pilot. I flew Hueys and Cobra helicopters in uh, Desert Storm. And um, and for the last 10 years, eight years, uh, I've been working um, with uh, Father Ripperger and as well as a local team working with cases of, of diabolic affliction. And uh, the, the Libra Cristo protocol is, is something developed by Father Ripperger and his right hand assistant. Um, and we rolled it out here very, you know, in the early years and had a, it's a, it's a develop, it's a process that took time to develop on how to handle uh, cases of diabolic affliction, um, how to, to put some, some objectivity um, and, 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 and some, to an otherwise subjective area. I was, at the same time I was working in this, I, I had a, a priest that was, asked by his, our previous bishop to do to to start an exorcism team in our diocese he asked me to look you're a combat veteran would you be interested in this you've got good formation and uh i said sure i'll go i'll go hear you out i'll go listen to what the guy has to say and you know and uh but i was i had just started my doctoral research at the time so and then and then after that first experience i realized that this is a this is not scary it's beautiful in in many ways it is, can be scary but but it's 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 I, I I began to see this as just an extension of the, the, a natural extension of what the church should be doing, uh, helping the most afflicted of the afflicted. So um, I would do my I, my background is biblical studies, and so I would do this highly rationalistic biblical research in the morning, working on a doctoral thesis, and then in the afternoons and evenings I would be doing uh, case management, assisting, lay assisting with cases, et cetera. Uh, which is very, could be very subjective. And so with the Libra Cristo protocol established by Father Ripperger, this brings it brings some uh, brings back uh, the, the field of exorcism and deliverance back into Catholic norms. And that's what this book tries to do is bring some norms. This is not a book about, you know, what's what the devil did and what the devil did here. And this is not that. This is a, a practical manual to help people, not just those um, with, uh, you know, that come with diabolic affliction, but but anybody that wants to go deeper in their spiritual life and get closer to God and, and start to see well, what does the devil do and how do I overcome this or that? I'm going to get into that in a minute, but I did want to ask you about that because you're one of those folks that goes into an exorcism with the priest, stands there, sometimes has to hold the victim, um, say prayers yourself, can be attacked by the demon yourself. If you can, tell us about one of those experiences, uh, perhaps one that, you know, your first one or something like that, because um, that sounds really uh, remarkable to experience and witness. And um, it overcomes what might be an initial doubt because, you know, you think to yourself, well, what's possession, possession really? It's, you know, it's something, it's a spiritual thing. And we've seen a lot of 
movies about all this stuff that happens, but nah, who really believes that? What's it been like for you? Yeah, it's, it's, it, you know, sometimes you focus so much on the devil, you lose sight of what God is actually doing, you know, just in a session not long ago. Um, the really fascinating thing is what seeing the mystical body unfold before your eyes to see the weight, the, the octoritas would be the Latin word of the church, the weight of the church through an extension of the sacramental system. Exorcism is a, is a sacramental, an extension of the, of the, 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 the office of the munus regendi, the ruling office of the church to see that at play is incredible. Um, but, but you do see some pretty interesting things. Um, recently there was a, a case where the, it was a difficult case and, um, the, the exorcist is praying um, the the, uh, the litany some lit, the litany of our of our Loretto and invoking the Virgin Mary the Virgin Mary commands you etc and the demon responds um, oh her every time you call her she comes she wraps her mantle I hate her mantle she wraps it around you and protects you and just reinforces what we know in, in the census uh, fidei that we know that the Blessed Mother comes when we're invoked um, I've had other sessions where I'll do a, again, I'm, I was a cavalry officer before I was a scholar. And so I would give a, I'll give a, a, a cavalry scout report. Father, this is what we're dealing with. This is a dossier. This is the main player in this particular case. This is one, this is probably going to come out. This is his weaknesses. This is their vulnerabilities. And this is the, the you know, uh, I was doing some research for a, a second follow-up book. And so I'm doing some research on this particular aspect of the devil, this particular title. And during the set, and so only people that knew about it was me and father. I gave him the research. Father mispronounces the name and the demon corrects him and corrects my Hebrew uh, during during the session. Looked at him, looks at me, corrects my Hebrew and goes back and focuses again on the priest. Uh, uh, it was pretty fascinating. Um you know, and, and I've I've been in sessions where the where the, the demon will call out and say, "Hey, nobody in this room is fasting. You guys aren't fasting. I'm not going anywhere." Or there's lust. Somebody in this room is dealing with lust. I'm not going to say who it is. Um, so you learn you learn to, uh, to 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 really grind out the spiritual life. Fasting, weekly confession, um, very very critical because th that, that those those stories do happen on occasion. So I guess that gives an answer to my next question because. There are a lot of people who believe, eh, you know, possession, okay, whatever. It's not really, really real. Um, so your experience, seeing it, watching it firsthand, is, is it for you? It's unquestionable. This not only happens, there's total evidence of it being totally real. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and part of the genius of the protocol of Father Ripperger is that it does bring some objectivity to it, but but it's it's hard to deny what your senses have seen. Before we started the the, the early early on, we would do a more Roman model where the lay the lay associates would would hold, you know, and and now we just if the husband's present, the the, the prayers of the laying of the hands of the husband is usually if it's a woman is usually sufficient or vice versa because of the authority of the husband over the wife. But one of the earlier cases um, that really woke it up for me was uh, I was in charge of the right arm, okay, or left arm, okay, and so and so I had learned about you know we, you know when we were training with Father Ripper and his guys, it's you know Saint Michael and the Blessed Mother, Saint Michael and the Blessed Mother, and so it was that this particular case it was taking. A, a, half a dozen or more men to hold this this young lady down and it wasn't working and and it was becoming disruptive again the protocol was eliminated a lot of that but this is what we did and so i was holding the left arm and i said uh 
you know, I'm going to say my, I'm getting punched and scratched and they're trying to hit me, trying to hit the priest. And my job is to protect the priest. And so I, I said, St. Michael, please help me. I'm praying quietly. St. Michael, please. I need help. This is, this is, you know, it's not going well. I'm in charge of the left arm. Give me help. Do this person, this child, subdue her left arm for me. And as soon as I pray, and no one knows I'm praying. The priest is praying exorcism. I'm just quietly praying. And the minute I prayed that prayer, silently, only I knew the left arm completely locked. I'm like, wow. So, and then all of a sudden, I start seeing this. The, left, the arm is locked, but the wrist and the hand are going. So I said, St. Michael, do me a favor. Subdue the wrist for me. Quietly, I'm just praying this. And all of a sudden, the arm's locked, the wrist locks. I was like, oh. And then I get this. And the fingers... I was like, you're kidding me. I'm, like, I'm a little slow on the uptake, but I get it. St. Michael, subdue her left arm, her left wrist, her left hand, and her fingers. Wow. And I was at the time, I was studying about the power of the mystical body, the intercession of St. Michael, the, the importance of specificity in prayer. All of that was summed up in, in, in a 30-second exchange after getting punched and scratched. And I realized I'm in way over my head. I need help from the mystical body. St. Michael subdue her left arm, her left wrist, her left hand and her fingers. And from that point on, yeah. I just sat and just prayed quietly the rest of the time. But that was, th those are the little nuggets that you get. Um, uh, you start to see that again, the, what the devil does, as Father Ripperger says, it's, it's quite boring and predictable in many ways. What's most fascinating is to see the power of the church, the power of the mystical body, the power of the priesthood, the power of the invocation of the of the, the litany of saints, particularly the, the Virgin Mary, uh, and, and combat. This is what really deepens. Uh, it, this made my my understanding. My ecclesiology has been radically purified uh, uh, through through existing priest in here. Even holding up a, a picture of a of the bishop, any bishop, the bishop of that diocese, and the priest says, "All right, hold that picture," and the. And the priest commands, I command you to look at the eyes of the Prince of the Apostles in this diocese to see to see a look, a trembling, a bodily trembling from, from a demon. Just looking at the picture, you can put my, your my picture up there and nobody would be afraid. <laughs> nobody would react. Right. Um, but if you put a picture of the bishop up there and his authority uh, and the, it's the office, it isn't his his merit. It isn't. He may not be the nicest guy. You may not get along with him. You might not like his politics. But the demon recognizes the authority where it comes from. This, this, these types of incidents have really purified my own understanding of the church and the beauty and glory of the church. And, 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 and I, I try not to get drawn into some of the negativity of the church because I see this just distracts us from the reality, what the, how the demon sees the church um, and how the angels see the church, how the saints interact with us as the, as the totus Christus, as St. Augustine calls us, the, the whole Christ, the head, body, members, the mystical body. Um, the church militant, the church suffering, the church triumphant, how that comes to bear in this particular apostolate, it's, it's, it's really fascinating for me intellectually as well experientially. Wow. So I have to ask because uh, it's, it's confusing. I, I've watched this play out in my own life too. Why the specificity? Like God knows what we need, but he wants us to ask specifically, why is that? And and your example is yeah. so stunning on that. That's what brought yeah. it up. You know, Pascal said that God instituted prayer to bestow upon man the dignity of being causes. And so he doesn't need us, but he invites us to participate. This is St. Paul, Colossians 1.24. I rejoice in my suffering, for in my body I make up what's lacking in the suffering of Christ's body, which is the church. So he leaves his sight open. 
if as our Protestant uh, friends say, it is finished, you Catholics are trying to work your way into heaven. Well, how could it be finished if Paul says something's lacking? And what's lacking is our participation in the subjective distribution of the graces of Calvary. This is what's lacking, uh, according to St. Paul. And so, um, um, uh, so our prayer and specificity is critical. I, I can tell you as a gunship pilot, um, being specific, you, if you want to hit that You've got to keep you got to keep it on the target. You got to keep it. You have to hit the target. You can hit close to the tank, but if you don't hit the tank, um, you're not going to kill the tank. You might scare it. You might knock dirt on it, but you you've got to be specific in where you hit that tank if you want to take the tank out. So specificity is critical in combat. I mean, Jesus Himself says, "Ask and you shall receive." Right? Uh, um, prayer begets what it signifies. The the, the 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 occultists and the Satanists know this. They're very specific in their curses. They're very specific in how they pray. Uh, uh, how they pray in the inverse. And so specificity is absolutely critical as part of the our cooperation with the distribution of graces. We have to be very, very specific without falling into scrupulosity. What the demon wants to do is to drive us. The demon only works in the objective, 100%. He is bound very rigidly by the natural law under which he was created. And so he wants to, but so he works in the objective, but he wants us to work in the subjective. You know, God understands our heart. God understands our intentions. But when it comes to the specificity, he, he this is where we defeat him um, by being specific. So part of the manual is teaching people to be specific and the how they confess. They they're they're, they're in specific in the way they confess the sins, being specific in and overcoming whatever defects that's allowing the enemy to manipulate you. You know, if you can name it, you can tame it. So you have to identify the defects, identify the spirits behind the defects so that you can tame those. But being specific is critical in combat. And, and it goes back to, again, our own causality that God has given us as 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 members of his body. Amazing. So one of the things when discerning about possession or any of the range of possession, obsession or whatever, uh, so I'd like you to go through that a little bit, the range, but also how do you, how does that figure in when you're trying to calculate this physical illness or this mental, mental disturbance or whatever? Is there a demonic element to that? It very much. And again, I've, I've worked under various models and this is why this is the only way I would do it because, because this is the safest way and there's some objectivity. Um, you know, if, if, if somebody's dealing with mental illness you can you can usher them away and pray for them all you want, but if it's underlying mental illness, until you deal with that, you know there's usually one operant vector at work. It's usually largely diabolic with some mental illness here or some some problems, trauma, etc. Or you're largely um, psychological, and you know we, we perhaps unkindly say big drama, little demon, oftentimes. And so part of the phase one of the protocol is built in. Um, there's a built-in, um, this is why everybody does the exact same prayers before they get to the, to the catechetical portion in that, and there's a, there's a built-in diagnostic to tell if this is psychological or not, because you just don't know. And, and, you know, I've had, um, um, you know, recently I've had a case of a seminarian that, that, you know, they, 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 they rushed in and started praying for him. I said, well, you don't know, what if it's psychological? And so you put him through the protocol and it patterned out as psychological. He just needed to work on some, some, some elements of, of his, some defects in his psycholo psychology and some emotions that needed to be worked on. Uh, I, I was, I gave a conference out of Paris not long ago and people waited two or three hours to ask questions because people are suffering so much. This is very humbling because you see how much people are suffering. 
And several came up and said, oh, Father so-and-so is the exorcist here. And he prayed over me. And I guess it's really bad because nothing happened. I said, well, maybe nothing happened because it's psychological. One lady who's, whose husband was a physician, the, the wife had developed these shakes. And she was she's very religious. She was very devout. She's convinced that it's diabolic. I said, does anyone else in your family have these shakes? She said, yeah, my sister. When did it start? When she was 54. How old are you? I'm 54. Are you taking any drugs? Are you on any medications? And then the doctor who was a physician. He starts nodding like very like smiling because he's been telling her, honey, don't think this is this doesn't have to be the devil. Um, we give him way too much credit. And so she's taking these meds and then the, her, her, her mental health uh, uh, psychiatrist put her on heavy, heavy psych, antipsychotic meds. Um, and her 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 her, her uh, neurologist put her on these meds, and I said, "Doctor, could these meds be interact? Could they be causing problems? And could they create temporary psychosis?" He said, "Yes, they could." I said, "My recommendation is exhaust the natural remedies first, because because the the problem you can become psychologically obsessed, and then that and it's just psychological. But the the danger is a psychological obsession can expose you to a spiritual." oppression or higher it's 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 that woundedness that projects into the cosmos i'm a wounded animal and that's what attracts sometimes even though it started off as psychological you become yet you develop a psychological obsession and in that woundedness now the the, the demon is is going to work against that because he smells he smells a wounded human it's like watching the discovery channel you've got a fly, a, a, whole, a herd of wildebeest and that lion could take out the biggest baddest toughest most experienced alpha wildebeest but he doesn't go after him. He doesn't go after the whole pack. He goes after the wounded one that's straggling a little bit, that looks a little vulnerable. So we project a certain vulnerability and we have to work on the psychological as well. If you ignore that, the demon is going to immediately show up and say, see, Jesus isn't strong enough for you. Even the exorcist couldn't think, you might as well just quit now. You might as well just give up. So there's a real interplay that, that gets ignored in many models of exorcism that is embedded because of Father Ripperger's background in, in Timis' psychology. It really addresses the psychological and deals with that as, as the human person, as, as the whole person. So one of the things that is done or was done a lot was the sort of opposite approach of basically saying, Everything is a psychological disorder. Possession, does it ever happen at all? They won't say it, but probably not. But just for argument's sake, well, we have to go through, you know, years and years and years of testing to make sure we've eliminated every possibility of psychological uh, ailment before we even think about an exorcism. Yeah. So you see these extremes. Recently, I saw uh, in the news, Catholic news, I don't know if it was you guys, uh, I read your news every day, by the way. I really enjoy, appreciate LifeSite. But um, there was a, a lady manifested at Mass in Italy. They rushed her out. They took her to a chapel, and, they, and three priests prayed over her for nine hours. That's one extreme. The other extreme, you see some bishops. One bishop told Father Ripperger, I believe the devil exists. I just don't think he's in my diocese. And so you have these two extremes that they, we don't believe in the devil. you know. And so it has to be psychological. And so there's a danger on both on both of those instances. So part of our protocol is working with the psychological and identifying actually those areas of trauma, um, those areas of, of psychological wounds, um, anything that's lingering, because those are areas of vulnerability. So it isn't just defects in virtue that, and, 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 and you know, moral defects 
that needs to be addressed in the confessional. But before we go to prayer, we have to get separation. It's one of the stages of liberation is a separation. And so getting that psychological separation is very important for, for, for the, for uh, the lay team to work with the, with, and this is what my book does. It helps get, helps you to identify psychologically areas that you've created that are creating a symbiotic attraction you know, and a psychological compatibility, because those have to be worked through so that you can get the separation from requisite for liberation. And so, so identify, and part of the protocol is built in is identifying, yeah, this is psychological. You got to work with it. I, I, I've had cases that are like, my gosh, I mean, there's all sorts of witchcraft in this family. They've got all these problems and she's so, and she's getting all these, these things. And then at the end of the day, it's just psychological. Um, it, it, you know, uh, it, it was a, you're having a postpartum psychosis. This is not the devil. Um, other cases that you think, oh, whenever I say, oh man, there's nothing there. There's always something huge there. You never, you never know. This is why we, we apply the same rigor to each person. Um, and, and to try to, to get some, again, objectivity, um, and, and let the human, the human side come out so we can start to see where this is. We've had cases, uh, you know, people that were, uh, we had a guy that was, um, uh, one of the children of the 12 founding uh, fathers, the 12, a quorum of 12 of, the, of, the, of Mormonism. And a lot of those guys, they're all Freemasons. And it, this thing looked like, man, it was just going to be this terrible case. And there was nothing wrong. He was, he just had mental health issues. Other times they come from a very good Catholic family. There's nothing wrong. They're, they're in a state of grace. They're doing great. And this something lights up, you know, so there's something in there that lights up and you just never know. So having that objectivity is, is, is very, very critical. And, and we don't dismiss either. We don't, we don't, we don't, we don't rush one way or the other. We give it time to let, let it see. Let's see. Uh, this is a, a, the, the delicacy, but the interaction between God and the soul. I mean, this is, we're dealing with something very sacred. And so we have to give it time and let them work through it. Ultimately God will deliver. Uh, and, and when at that moment, when only, and not before, when, when that soul is ready. And so we're just there to accompany and do our work uh, to help them along the way. But but separating out those two is very critical. So they can see, oh, yeah, when I was a pilot in Iraq, there was a frequency that we all communicated on. Air, you know, the AWACS, the Air Force fast movers, the bombers, helicopters, uh, ground control. It was called guard and everybody communicated. Nobody. It was emergency only. And it was it was important things that we had to know. But otherwise, you monitor, but you didn't talk on it. But everybody listened. And so once in a while, you'd hear a fast mover up there talking to the tower or this or that. And so the guard, that guard frequency is kind of like the inner self. We have to discern which is my own negative thoughts. I talk on that channel to myself. I talk to God on this channel. God talks to me on this channel. And the devil projects his temptations on this same channel. So part of when we talk about separation, psychological separation is to go, ooh, yeah, that's not me. That was a diabolic projection. Or I better clean up that negative self thought. That, that negative self-talk or I need, you know, so that we have to clean up the frequency so you can discern clean from unclean thoughts. This is very critical because they need that separation for, for liberation to come. It's an amazing way to think about it. Um, a, 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 a frequency channel, a radio frequency channel uh, where we talk to God, God talks to us and the devil can project. That's, that's fascinating. So if you have a, if you have a, you know, if you have a certain, um, uh, certain disposition, certain, uh, um, you know, the devil looks for the mouse that blesses and curses. And so, he, you know, so if he sees these inconsistencies in your behavior, in your speech, in, in your own, if you rebel against authority in your life, um, you're, you, you, you haven't dealt with your father wound, so-called, 
you, you, you have psychological behavior that's very attractive because he's got a father wound. How could you have rejected me? How could you have let me make this bad decision and be for eternity damned? How could you, you know, if you rebel against authority, if you badmouth the church and you badmouth the hierarchy of the church uh, and you commit, you know, slander, detraction, whatever, you're doing the same. You have that same that same attitude towards the church as the devil does. It. So, so you got to be very careful and work on that detachment so you can start to see, oh, that's diabolic projection. I'm not saying we're not we don't continue to actively work to purify the church. We do. Uh, and we should, you know, but, but at the same time, you got to be very careful of that. Indeed. So a lot of folks from backgrounds that are in the military find a very much easier time in the spiritual life in, and, and, and are asked to do sometimes very difficult things like you were, partly because of your military background, because of the order that puts into your life. It, it's, it's, it's regimented. There's a very, like you, you make your beds, you polish your shoes in, in, in a way that most people don't. That order has an effect for the good, both in our daily lives, in your home, let's say, but also in, in prayer life. Tell us about that and how that interacts with spiritual life. You know that here on LifeSite, we love to tell amazing stories. There are a few so heroic and amazing as the story we're about to tell you that's coming soon. You gotta watch this. When I was in seminary, I was reading a book by Henry Nouwen. He talked about a nuclear man, you know, and people who grew up in the 1980s were kind of formed by that immediate and constant threat of nuclear annihilation. My generation has grown up, you know, under the specter of priestly sexual abuse. What say you, Mr. Poor Person? Is the defendant guilty or not guilty? I think that for many of us, that has also been all-encompassing. You know, I mean, I entered the seminary in January of 2004, and it's basically been there for me from in the beginning. One priest's sacrifice for many priestly sins. The story of Father John Hollowell. Coming soon from LifeSite News. Yeah, our experience is that the um, the the demon responds to the imposition of order as much as to the prayers themselves. Um, and so we always I have priests call and they'll say, "How do I, you know, how do I get this? How do I pray this prayer? How do I do this prayer? I got this type of demon and they did this type of witchcraft," and and. The, the first and foremost is the imposition of order, imposing order. Uh, um, we have like a PX90 uh, prayer regimen that, that they pray, um, 6, 12, and 6, the Angelus and the Exilium Christian Orm prayers, praying at set times every day is very effective. It's like the knocking away sloth and asadia gets knocked away by the imposition of order. And we know this as Catholics. St. Jose Maria Escriva talks about the heroic moment. When the alarm goes off, getting out of bed, because the first temptation of the day, if you give into that temptation, you've already given into effeminacy. You're giving into softness. Get up, make your bed. You know, I tell men's groups and I talk to them. If you're looking at dirty magazines, you're playing video games all the time. You don't make your bed. You complain about eating vegetables. You don't want to and you don't want to get physically fit. You're not a you're not a man. You're a boy. You know, you got to stop boy like behavior and start living a, a, a more disciplined prayer life. So it isn't about. Uh, 
it isn't just praying the right prayers or praying prayers so so many prayers or whatever um it's it's having a life order to prayer which is different you know there were people you know that followed jesus and there were people in the crowd behind jesus and they're two different things and so there's those that pray and there's those whose lives are ordered to prayer and they and they're and they're a very disciplined if you talk to people that that you respect as catholics and i bet i would list off several things that you do every day that i don't have to ask you're probably consecrated to the Virgin Mary. You probably go to daily mass. You probably go to the Eucharistic chapel, if not daily, if not every other day. You pray the rosary every day. Uh, um, you pray with your wife every day. You probably do some of the liturgy of the hours of some form to compline or whatever. Um, you probably stop and do a little bit of mental prayer every day. You probably do five, 10 minutes of reading of scripture. And we've never talked about this, but there's certain things that, but if you say it to a soldier, you run three miles every morning, you do this prayer, you work on your rifle, you work on this, you clean your weapon. There's disciplines to the spiritual life. But for some reason, we think, you know, you and I can think, well, I'm on an interview. I better wear a tie. But when I go to mass, man, it's hot. I'm going to wear shorts in the flip-flop. Why do I have discipline in my personal life, my professional life? But when I go to mass, I have no discipline, you know? So applying that same rigor um, of discipline without being, uh, rigid that 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 awful word of being rigid um but having rigor and a spiritual discipline this is what a thesis is you know vince lombardi we're almost coming on football season right uh he said one year they had a bad season the the the, the packers and he holds up a football and he says gentlemen this is a football right we're going to start over and he says winning is a habit but unfortunately so is losing and vice and virtue are both repeated acts. And so part of liberation has to be identifying the vice and not just and militating against it through the insertion of the virtue, of working to counteract with the opposite virtue. This is Catholicism 101, and we've lost this. We've lost this concept of growing in virtue. One of the harder topics, I guess, is uh, authority. And you mentioned it earlier when you were talking about um the husband's role in an exorcist sometimes when there is his wife is um, the subject of the exorcism and the authority the the husband wields in that respected by the demons talk to us a little bit about authority in the home because that's uh it's a very unpopular topic a very important one for that very reason yeah 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 it, it is it's it's there's several topics that i touch on especially at parishes and i'm like don't shoot the messenger. I'm just going to teach, you know, uh, um, and the authority structure is absolutely critical. I, you know, I see it again and again and again, cases, um, um, you know, one case before the protocol, um, this case, uh, this, this, this diocese did, did a kind of a cowboy, the old fashioned model, and they would have eight men would hold this person down. And I consult with the exorcist father, have her do the protocol. We'll get her ready. And we don't need 20 people there. All you need is her husband and then uh, a prayer couple with a, a female witness to make sure there's we always have females present to, to witness and you. All right. And if you you know, one of your deacons or another priest, but that's all we need. Well, the, the, last time they, she threw eight people off. I said, I know. Just just trust me. Right. So uh, uh, before we did the protocol, I did an intake with her and she started manifesting. And I said, husband, do me a favor. Just. You're in a state of grace, right? Yeah. Okay. I've seen you. I saw your confession. Put your hand right here where she's manifesting. And, and the demons are screaming, he's a liar. Don't listen to him. He's lying. He's lying to you. Don't listen to him. And that's how I knew. And it's kind of like a fighter. When a fighter says, when you ever get, you see a fighter get hit, takes a big punch and laughs and shakes it off. 
that's when you know it really did hurt because they always fake. I would fake it. If I got hit hard and it, and it really hurt, I would always like, that didn't hurt. But inside, I'm like, dang, that hurt. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this particular case, again, I've seen it again and again and again. The priest places his stole symbolically. He places a stole upon the neck of the, of the person as part of the old ritual, the stole representing the priestly authority, and then a crucifix or relic upon the head. And you see this bodily reaction at the authority of the priest. That makes sense because their hands are consecrated. But to also, again, I'm just a cab scout layman on this team. And you see when the when the husband puts his hand on his wife's body, it creates the same bodily reaction. Hmm. And so in this particular case, we said, OK, Father, when she manifests, have the husband just put his hands on her head and pray for her. And she sat, the demon sat still the entire time, just the imposition of the, of the imposition of the hands of the husband, because the authority structure by natural law and the over her body and this this word be be uh, subordinate to your to your um to your husband ephesians chapter five um i when i talk about ephesians six spiritual warfare you have to begin with ephesians five because paul lays it out that word it's to be subordinate uh upotasso is the greek word it's a military term to be ordered under you know i would walk down post I'd have four guys in a in a group walking. We'd always walk. The senior ranking officer walked to the outside. So his, his right arm was free to salute. You could always look. You'd look to the outside guy with his right arm free with your left. And you can see, and you would see his rank. And you would see, do we outrank him? Does he outrank us? There's an order there. Upotasso. It means to be ordered under. That's all it means. Literally, it also can mean to be under the protection of. So we always focus on, oh, it's really bad. The husband has authority and wife has to submit. What it means is the husband, the implication of this word is you take your wife and your children, you put them behind you and you hold your shield up. You're the first to make contact with the enemy. They're under your protection. This is what this word means. And then it goes into men die for your wife. That's Christ died for the church to sanctify her. Yeah, they're, they're called to be ordered under, and this is the way the demon sees it. He responds to that imposition of order in the order in the home. When the husband engages, he knows. But also, how does it? How does he grow in, 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 in holiness? How does, how does the effectiveness of his authority found? It's through dying like Christ for the church. He dies for her. So the authority structure has two ends, to, to provide and to protect. That's the twofold structure. It's to provide and to protect. And the constant temptation is for those in authority to usurp, I mean, to, to abdicate their authority, and those under authority to usurp. And so when you stay within the authority structure, you can do spiritual combat very, very safely. Um, yeah, occasionally you're going to get you're, you're going to get some purification retaliation to purify you. God will allow it. But working within the authority structure, you're you're ordered to it's ordered so that we provide and protect those under our authority. And the demon responds that way. He doesn't respond in your home because because a guy shows up with his PhD or with this this experience. He's going to respond to you because you're the head of household. You're this is because this is this is the way he is ordered. He's bound very strictly by natural law. So the first question, the first rule of spiritual combat and, and the demon's going to yield or not yield. He's not going to do it because oh gee, John John Henry's a smart guy. Oh, he's a, he's a he's a I mean that John Henry, we better yield. You know, he doesn't care. He doesn't care. What he says is does he have authority in this house? Does he have authority over the person, the place or the object? And so, and so when you stay within that, the, the demon, the demon 
part of the, the the ground the spade work really of 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 the deliverance ministry is asserting those 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 authority the rights uh, the, the rights of the soul through the authority structure and asserting those rights back so so and so the man is the first contact in the home right and so that following that authority structure is very very critical in spiritual combat it's not popular it's not popular because we, we live in a very feminist uh, and I say feminist as opposed to womanist. Okay, I'll say this. I'll use scholarly terms. Uh, um, radical feminism is not the same as as womanist. Uh, I happen to be extremely devoted to the Virgin Mary. I did doctoral work on the New Eve concept. Uh, I mean, you want to look at ultimate womanism. Ultimate, the ultimate human was a woman. The ultimate perfect created vessel of grace, perfectly preserved from any stain of sin whatsoever, original or personal is a woman uh, and and seeing the beauty of woman john paul wrote pope john paul saint john paul wrote a lot about the beauty and dignity of woman um that's different than when i talk about radical feminism where it's this rebellion against all things and all authority and we're, we're affected by that as well as men we are i i'm going to take this a step further because it's um it is an area of great contention but it's also i think underlies so much of the battle that our lady promised through sister Lucy would be the final battle, decisive battle between our Lord and the reign of Satan. I quoted that in the opening of the book. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, one of the things that our Lord talks about, and or so we hear through the scriptures, St. Paul talks about is about obedience. Wives obey your husband. Like Christ did the church. That debate has gone all around, even among very adhering mm. Catholics. And it's hard. It, for instance, come up with this one all the time. Well, what if my husband is saying something that I know is stupid? It's not morally wrong, but it's just dumb. Yeah. Do I still have to listen to him? I told yeah. him, but he won't listen to me. Do I still have to go with that? Yeah, that's a hard one. I, I, I um, met a woman once, uh, came to one of my talks, and she said, my husband came, and um, I think you saved my marriage hearing this. Um, but she said to me very critical. She said, you know, um, I'll yield to, I will, I will, this was a very successful woman. She said, I would yield to any man, but I, I just cannot yield to a boy, you know? And that's the hard part. When you act like a boy, you're making it really hard for that authority structure to, 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 to kick into place in your home. And it isn't about who's smarter. I, for years, I've trained the local, the deacons in our diocese, and I've worked with deacons across the board, different parts. And I can tell you, and, and I don't say this disparagingly, but the wives would be better deacons than the husbands. They're smarter. They're, they're, they're more docile. They have a cert, more servant-like heart, the true diaconoi. Um, they're, they're more intelligent. They're more prayerful. They would be better deacons. But this is the structure that their church has established. That doesn't, it isn't by merit. It's by office. This is a, a common misunderstanding in today that kind of was an infusion from Protestants and Protestant ecclesiology, kind of by way of more of a charismatic ecclesiology, that it's through charism, and it's not, it's through office. And, and the authority structure is dictated by office. Your office uh, as head of household, your office as uh, within the church as a priest or a deacon or bishop. And so it isn't about who's smarter or better. Some, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a successful guy, uh, PhD, combat vet, successful in the world, and I can I could sit in my closet and go, I have no idea. Does this match? Does this? And my wife's like, yeah, wear this, wear this, wear that. 
has nothing to that that is not a usurpation of authority it's your orientation it's it's your engagement it's just like when i when i and i asked saint michael to subdue the left arm for me and then the wrist and then the hand when the husband engages in that way and the wife in union with him this is how you clean the home up i've had people listen to our podcasts and and, and, and other things that we're doing and they say man my you know i had my my son was was just staying in his room playing video games and he kept smoking pot. And I started praying these prayers as authority of head of household. I bind any demon tempting my, my, my son and start asserting themselves in the cosmic realm. He said within two weeks, it cleared up. That's what we're talking about. The authority structure isn't about who's smarter, better looking, who's prayer, more prayerful. It's about you are called and the, and the demon recognizes this structure and he's bound by it. So if you're in a state of grace and you're living holiness, the demon will respond. The second rule of engagement, not the third structure, is 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 what's the state of merit of this soul? If you're not in a state of grace, he's going to say, "I don't have to listen to you. Your 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 prayers are not meritorious. I don't have to listen to you. Yeah, hey, I might take a little bit of beating, but I'm going to get you for that." So so getting the authority structure straight is absolutely critical. It's the orientation into the cosmos, how you engage. That's very important. Absolutely fascinating. So. First of all, any, any final thoughts for us? Because I want I want people to know where they can get your book and where they can listen to your podcast. Because this is such a fascinating topic, we could go on and on. Give us your final thoughts. Yeah. So, the, so the, I was sitting at mass one day at my parish, and the priest was was you know I was waiting. We we're going to have breakfast, and so my parish just Joe Parish priest, and 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 as I was watching him, you know, break down the the, the take down all the altar and put everything away, and I was just alone praying, and I realized. I'm going to write for that guy. I want I want to write for to help that guy. Now, this book is being used by Father Ripperker in the four-phase protocol. We're using it in teams, but I wrote it in such a way that anybody could go, yeah, I need to, I need, I need help to overcome this. This is a this is a tactical manual. There's strategies and there's tactics. The next book I'm writing is on strategy. This is the big picture as a soldier. We're going to take this city, we've got to take this bridge out first. We're going to do tactics is what am I carrying in my backpack? What do I need for this? I need an extra pair of socks. I need some moleskin in case I get uh, uh, athletes or I get rubbing, you know, hot spots on my feet. I need, I need, you know, this amount of ammo because I want to fight this type of enemy. You know, this is what I'm expecting. I need you know, an extra pair of socks, whatever. I got my tools. Everything is in there, my weapons. This is the tactical pack. And so I wrote it that, that for the average Catholic, Dominion and, 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 and uh, Father's book on mental health, um, the science of mental health. These are very huge books. I, I've, I've sat this on my on my stand to read, and it's like watching, a, like having to eat a frog. You know it's not going to be pretty. You know what I mean? And, and yet, the more you stare at it, the harder it's going to get. And so those books are very intimidating, and they're written at an academic level. What I've tried to do is bring this down to to a level that that the that the average parish priest can go, hey, read this book. This is really going to help you. You're really struggling with this one area of your life. This book is going to help you deal with this 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 trauma that you're dealing with. It's going to help you. This is going to give you tactics to overcome impurity that you're struggling with. Um, this is going to help you make a better, deeper confession. It's just going to. This is a tactical manual, very a practical look. This is not going to tell stories. I might tell some stories in the next book, but this book, this is. I'm not trying to, to use that to sell books. This is a book to help the mystical body, to help people to say. Oh yeah, I never realized that, that that I shouldn't be doing that. I didn't realize that detraction is that big of a deal. I better clean up my speech. I better clean up my my sexual practices in my home. I better clean up 
this or that, you know. So this is a practical manual for for any Catholic that that really just wants to grow deeper. I've had uh, we beta tested this on some cases, and one guy was he went to a uh, fraternity of St. Paris. He wasn't Catholic. His wife was Catholic. She was afflicted. He went. He didn't want anything to do with Catholicism. But he finally said, "Fine, I'll do these stupid prayers and I'll read this stupid book and I'll go through it with this couple, one of the Father Ripperger's team team couples." So they were walking walking this guy through it. He was he happened to be a former Marine. And so I use a lot of military analogies uh, in there um, and, and as guerrilla, spiritual warfare is guerrilla warfare. And I talk about Rogers Rangers and Army Rangers. And so um, he gets two or three lessons in. He shows up at the at this 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 parish and says the parish priest and says, I want you to hear my confession and I want to be received in the Catholic Church after three lessons. And so the, the priest actually used this manual to supplement and he, he did some supplementation and he was received in the church in, in three or four months. So it isn't just a manual for spiritual combat. This is a catechetical uh, uh, book on how to go deeper into the Catholic faith. And I've kind of condensed Father Ripperger's larger books into more functional way into 12 lessons. Beautiful. Let me let me see one plug, plug of my own. Imagine just understanding as a parent the real ways to spiritually take authority yeah. and help expel demons from your own children and under your family home. Just that all by itself. Dan, amazing talking to you. Where can we get your, where can we get your book and where can we hear more about it? Uh, Tan, um, Tan books. You can type in Libra Cristo method, Tan books. You can get it. I think it's on the dark Lord, Amazon as well. Um, but uh, I, I always send people to the publisher because they make the money. And uh, um, I think I get 50 cents or something. It's not a big, this, this is not, you, you don't write books for, 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 to make a living. You know, I'm in it for souls and not sales, but 10 books would it, it really help a great apostle. That's a great, they're a great publishers, you know. Professor Dan Schneider, so good to be with you. God bless you, my friend. You're doing amazing work. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate and respect your work that you guys do. And I, I enjoyed meeting your team last week. You got a good group. You can tell a smart man by the by the people that he surrounds himself with. And you surrounded yourself with some really outstanding young Catholics that, that are doing great work of God. And I really respect and appreciate what you do for the mystical body as well. Praise God. And God bless all of you. And we'll see you next time. Hi, everyone. This is John Henry Weston. We hope you enjoyed this program. To see more like it, be sure to hit the subscribe button below to get all the latest content from LifeSite News. Check the links in the description to read more and connect with us on social media so that you can stay up to date with all the latest life, family, faith, and freedom news. Thanks for watching, and may God bless you.